We are speaking with the one and only Candice Knight of Blackmore's Night. The new album, Nature's Light, comes out at the end of this week, March 12th. It is March 8th. It is my wife's birthday, so it's an absolute perfect birthday gift for her and for anybody else who has gifts to give. Uh, as we say here in Montreal, la bonjour, Candice. How are you? Very well, thank you. And happy early birthday to your wife. Oh, it's her birthday today, actually. So I got to... I gotta run downstairs. <laughs> got her something nice, Mitch. I got her this beautiful background, <laughs> and I got I got these dogs over here on the bed. But uh, love is priceless in any form, so that's it that's is. Cool. It is. Uh, we are uh, we are celebrating uh, nineteen years uh, married this year. So hey, that is congratulations. When and when is that? Nineteen years. What? So we're looking at uh, June 28th of 2002. So June 28th, uh, 2021, coming up so soon. Great it is. How long have you been married, by the way, with Richie? Well, Richie and I had what we thought, what we planned to be the longest engagement on, you know, from <laughs> the human species, apparently. We, um, we got engaged in 1993, and we didn't get married till 2008. Wow. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm, honestly, the only reason we really, this is the true story. The only reason we really got married, I'm the oldest of three in my family. Right. So, I, you know, I have to do everything first, test the waters first, you know, and my brother is two years younger than me. And he called me up one day and he said, listen, I found the one I'm getting married next year. I just want you to know. And I said, no, I have to be married first because I am the firstborn. And he said, we've been waiting for you to be married since 1993. He's like, I don't know. We're still waiting. I'm not waiting on you anymore. So ironically, what I did was I, I planned everything really fast and my brother planned his wedding. Um, it was for, let's see, November of 2008. So I just kind of eked in there and, and I, uh, I got married in October of 2008. So I did it right the month, right, right before him. So I could still be the first one. So you can it's, say to him, I beat you. I got you. I beat you. It's the That's first funny. thing, you know, I don't know. You got to do the first things when you're first born, you've got to brave that path. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, ours was, uh, we didn't have a long thing like that, but eventually up here in Quebec, common law and and real marriage there's there's differences in all kinds of ways uh, child tax benefits and so we just said you know what let's just get it done and then ev everything is going to work out the na nature's light will will guide the way exactly. uh, that natural evolution will just the planets will align and everything will will be what it has to be it has to be so so let's talk about this um the, the medieval thing, which is interesting because we, we have a lot of uh, medieval reenactments, especially up here in Quebec with, you know, the old forts and all that. Uh, what attracted you to that sound? Because you, you were a fan of Richie's, you were a fan of Rainbow, you were a fan of that hard rock music. What attracted you to the medieval uh, music? Still am a fan of yes. all that, by the way. <laughs> that yeah. never goes away. Once that's in your blood, that never really goes away. No matter <laughs> Richie's agree. Time. He had to take the car today and uh, and he had I, I have hair nation programmed in and he's like oh he gets in the car and it's blasting he's like oh what's going on so he always knows that i was the one driving at last you know? oh it's funny <laughs> i can just imagine richie sitting around listening to warrant no no offense to anybody but that's kind of funny that, that's a that's a funny visual <laughs> that you just imagine tapping on the steering wheel singing cherry pie that's that's terrific <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. That would oh, never. Well, still. <laughs> but so, but um, yeah. So I um, 
I used to go to Renaissance. You talk about the medieval reenactments. I used to go to Renaissance fairs, but yeah. I never um, even heard of Renaissance medieval music until I met Richie. So right. I think for um, anyone who was um, who who was following Richie's career and his mm -hmm. path they realized that way back in the early days, he was, you know, even with Purple, he was jamming on green sleeves. You yeah. know, he was writing songs with with Ronnie, Ronnie James Dio, you know, Temple of the King. He was, I mean, there were so many medieval, medieval kind of influenced uh, songs that he had because he'd been listening to this music off stage so often. Um, I never heard the stuff before I met him. And when I met him, that's all he listened to around the house in back in those days in the tape player. And when I moved in with him in '93, um, yeah, the early '90s. It was actually '91. <laughs> I moved in with him. We got engaged in '93, so yeah, we were living together for about uh, two years before that in Connecticut, in this oh. old um, English Tudor house with a medieval um, minstrels gallery and very dark, dark lighting, and all the, the the wood was very dark. And you know, in the middle of the woods, nowhere. It's literally like nothing is around. You have to get there. It's like make a left at the oak, make a right at the maple. Like there's nothing. Oh, around. Listen, that that's me right now. I'm I'm right? sitting. There's a forest right behind here, so I take the dog for a walk through a forest, which is what I did about two hours ago. Right, and that's actually that's where we where we live now on Long Island. It's the same thing. We have a forty uh, acre parcel of of um, like there's um, the county parkland out there, and then we're also right on the water, so we get the best of both worlds. Like we can walk lag, like down like where the beach is and get you know involved with all of that. It's beautiful, or we could just go through the woods and be part of the forest, the forest woodland scene, which is amazing. But I, what I didn't realize about Renaissance music is. And until I moved in with him, I didn't realize this when when he was listening to it around the house and then I'd look out the window and you're surrounded by trees and the forest and the deer are eating, you know, from the leaves on your lawn. They're like just walking around. The snow is falling down. Yep. And it was so per the visual was just so perfect nature wise. And then listening to the audio everything worked together. It's like that perfect marriage of audio and visual it, it just, it resonated. It just like had that perfect hum. And that's when I felt like, oh, now, now I get it. When I had everything where it was like the soundtrack to what nature is, to what I was seeing. And then you feel like you're living it because you can hear the music and you can kind of walk through the woods and it really becomes like this other multidimensional kind of vibe that you're getting from the music. You know, it's so, funny because I, I listened to the album before and, mm -hmm. and I'm hearing the music as you're saying this, and I'm picturing myself walking the dog in our little forest here. Oh. And yeah, you, you can sort of get that, that visual thing of, you know, you're going, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's very peaceful and it's almost cinematic in its, in its scope. It's like really, really like you just stepped into a movie or like one yes. from like another time. And, and it was so easy to transport to any time period at that point, you know, because you have the, what you're, what you're walking through, yeah. you know, what the sense of, of the forest, you know, you feeling the wind in your hair and you're feeling, you know, whatever's around you and that fresh air and, and uh, you know, hearing that sound too, it just kind of like really catapulted it to another, another level for me. Yeah, that you know, I I totally you know you you hear folks say, well, why you know Richie should be doing more rainbow, he should be doing more guitar, yeah, and then you hear you talk and describe this, and you go, yeah, that makes total sense now. It makes total sense as as to uh, the whole concept about it. Now it's been um, what uh, ten years, eleven years, no, six years since the last album. Uh, Richie was doing the rainbow stuff for for some of that with Ronnie Romero and all that. Uh, talk to me about getting back and, and deciding, okay, 
It's been a few years. Now it's time. How do you start writing for this? Are these songs that have been sitting around for a few years and you say, okay, let's, let's go. It's time to record them. Or do you sit down last year and go, okay, now it's time. And, and how do you come up with the songs for, for this? Yeah, I think even, well, even when he was doing the rainbow stuff, which I think he started back um, to reform in 2016, mm -hmm. um, what we would do is we would plan some of the festival dates. He did only like a handful of festival dates with Rainbow each year. Yeah. Um, he didn't do like a full world tour or like play a lot of venues. It would literally be like four, maybe five maximum in different areas, you know, Finland, Spain, maybe Germany. Good. Good. Um, Leave the people wanting more. It's a good plan. Exactly right. Exactly. And, and, and it worked. I mean, every year when he went back every year since then, it was, it was just amazing the response, you know, and the reaction that he was getting. But after doing those few, few dates with rainbow, we would take a couple of weeks off. We would fly the guys in from, and some of the girls from uh, Blackmore's night and instantly go into a Blackmore's night tour. So it's not like we took time off of Blackmore's night. We actually back to backed it, which is really hard for him because when he's playing electric on stage, his fingernails have to be really short to play electric. And then when he goes into acoustic, it's like he's trying to will his fingernails to grow, you know, within two weeks. And he's doing everything he can to kind of like pull those nails out so he could do the acoustic work that he's got to do. Um, so I think technically it, it gets a little tricky. But so we always did both of those projects going on. Not, nothing really kind of, you know, grind to a halt 100%. And we're writing all the time. So because we're around each other, nobody needs to clock in and clock out and book studio time. And, you know, it's so much easier because we're always around each other. So he's, you know, always with the acoustic guitar hanging around and coming up with these amazing songs. And then there's me, you know, in the other room, he calls me in and we're able to work on songs all the time. All the time. So let, let me just, I don't mean to cut you off, but you, you, you said studio time, uh, which I find interesting. Does Richie or do you and Richie have your own home studio, like a professional home studio or just a Pro Tools rig, or do you actually have to go somewhere to record? I'm laughing because I'm gonna spin you around. I'm gonna show you what we got going on here. Right, okay, here we go, let's have a look. <laughs> I gotta move some of this stuff around. If I, spin, if I spin around, you're gonna see dogs and a lot of, a lot of dogs. And, you, and you know I would love that too. You know I'd love to see the dogs. All yeah. right, so here's what we got going on in, in this room. Okay, so we've got- oh, there you go, okay. Pretty gritty, we've got so these are the systems that we got going on here in this little room that I'm in. Oh, wow. Now, ironically, what happens is um, the the producer that we use, right. Pat Regan, uh, we've been using him, gosh, even since the, the rainbow stuff in um, 95. So what happened was he did our Shadow of the Moon album on the Radar Otari, which I'm sure anybody who knows anything about studio stuff, I don't personally, but I just remember these names. Um, it was a great system. We loved the sound he got on um, on Shadow of the Moon. And then we asked him, we were like, well, you know, he had to fly back and forth from LA and he was constantly bringing this rig, like, you know, whatever he had to work on. This is a lot of equipment to bring back and forth. So he said, why don't you just leave the rig here? He wanted to update and upgrade his stuff anyway. So we left his rig here. Um, so we have all this equipment for him, but and we bought it from him. So what winds up happening as he upgrades, he no longer needs any of this stuff. He now comes with the Pro Tools stuff and he brings his little suitcase and he just sets up like basically on top of all of this stuff that I've got over here. And then if I ask any producer if they know how to use the Otari, the radar system, they look at me like, that's a dinosaur. Nobody uses that stuff now. So you know this what? Some of those dinosaur consoles sound the best. Yeah, that, that's the thing though. No. You know? So I have all this equipment, but I think at this point, you know, we just turn it on to keep warm in this room. <laughs> now, 
<laughs> is it just the one room? Because um, uh, one of my neighbors is Alda Nova. He lives down the road. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, life is just a fantasy. And you go into his house and what should be a living room is a studio. And what should be a guest bedroom is a studio. And what should be a basement is two studios. Uh, is, is that kind of the, the thing? I mean, the only thing that's functional at Aldo's house that I noticed was his bedroom, half the kitchen. <laughs> and well, that's pretty much it. Uh, and a bathroom. Everything else has a, is there. Bathroom's synth- important. <laughs> bathroom's important. Yeah, everything else. This is the thin synthesizer room. This is the base room. Anyway, is that sort of how it's set up at your place? Do you have multiple little rooms like that? Or do you actually oh. live in your house? No, we live in our house. I'm assuming Aldo knows how to use all that equipment. I think that's probably the difference between us. Like we are complete technophobes. I don't know how to, how to, how to mess with any of this stuff. Like we're strictly on the instrument basis, the vocal basis, the, you know, like the writing lyrics, writing music. And then we rely on somebody else to press all these fancy faders and buttons and things Mm. like that. Yeah. that, That ain't me. I have no clue. No, me neither. But when we first moved into this house, I mean, first of all, we we loved this house because of the location, like we said, next to the woods and, and yeah. right on the water, which is gorgeous. And then it had like sort of a medieval vibe to it. We completely transformed it to be totally medieval. You know, we changed all the all the white walls are now. Um, well, they're kind of they're they're lighter in here, but there's a lot of dark wood. There's a lot of stone. There's a lot of yeah, uh, sounds stone. gorgeous. And yeah, so when we first moved in, we had the whole lower level here. And Richie said, I want to be the only musician who doesn't have a studio in my house. I want a bar. I want a dungeon bar room. Actually, I'm taking you again with me because this is this room. The studio room is right off the bar. It's very dark. I don't know if you can see this, but um, this is our see how dark this is. This is our bar. It is a little dark, but we're we're getting there. Of course, you can't see anything here. These are. I'll probably go back. Another Kirill. Well, I saw Kirill. Kirill's. Yeah, there's. I mean, it's. It's. I wish I had lights. He doesn't. He, we live in a cave, basically. I'm not allowed to have any lights, but he likes it like this. Here, wait a second. Maybe if I close that's, up some things. That's yeah, great. Oh, but so you're able, and he's got all of his, his, you know, all of his awards and stuff on the walls, lining. Oh, I love it. That, that's the way it should be. It's perfect. So the precedence was we needed the medieval dungeon room bar with the foosball table, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And then secondly, what little closet room can we put our studio oh. in when we actually needed it out of necessity? <laughs> By the so. way, th- this is great. For, you, you got me having p- picturing all these things. So now I, I've got uh, gu- guitarist extraordinaire Richie uh, playing foosball while uh, listening to Cherry Pie from Warren. This is this is this is this is terrific. <laughs> This is the greatest uh, revelation ever. Um, (laughs) We we talked before we started recording about animals, and you've been very, very active uh, in uh, taking care of animals, donating to animal charities, and so on and so forth. First of all, is that just you, or is that you and Richie? Is this like a shared passion or a Candace passion? No, definitely shared, shared passion. We both love animals. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll do anything. You know, we always say like, the thing is that, you know, animals ask so little, but they give so much in return. I mean, constant outpouring of love of, of, of just affection of, you know, we have, uh, we just have, we have a rescue cat now that we just got from a place around the corner from us called save a pet. We just adopted this, this beautiful little um, black cat who was abandoned in a, a parking lot somewhere. Nobody wanted it. So we're like, we'll take it you know we're but we were grieving for our last our last one we had for uh for 16 years and he waited until we got home from tour for one day and then he passed so you know i i don't not the kind of person who thinks oh 
that's it with that one. Let's get a new one. You know, you have a grieving process because that's part of your family, you know, yep. it's part of your heart. So, um, but we were ready to get the next one. So we've got Winter Blackmore and uh, uh, he, he's our rescue cat from, uh, from Save a Pet. Yes. So we're, but we're always doing things year round. We're always like donating. If it's not funds, it's, we go on their website and we see what they need. You know, they have, always have the equipment list of, you know, paper towels and sheets and blankets and toys or whatever for the animals. So we'll always just stop off and drop things off. You know, um, usually takes a wheelbarrow to bring everything in, but we try yeah. to keep his out. That, that's terrific. And, and again, we share a commonality there because we had two dogs before black, a black one and a white one, the white one died two years ago, and we didn't run out and buy a new one. And yeah. then at the, uh, around Valentine's day this year. So two years later, we got the Chihuahua who's a rescue nine years old. And, yeah. and it was actually kind of a, a, a fun way that it got together. Cause I go on, on these five kilometer walks every day with this black dog. And I was in the forest and the lady who runs the shelter saw me in the forest and she goes, I see you walking every day, blah, blah, blah. You take good care of your pets, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, do you want to, we have this dog that's nine years old. He's, you know, nobody wants him because he's nine years old. Would you take him? So, so we met in the forest and I, from the forest meeting, we got, we got a new dog. What a great start. Perfect. Right. And that, that's a great thing. So in terms of then, uh, and I'll get off the animals in a second, because we're not here for. But, but she but, obviously read something about you. That, I mean, you don't, especially when you're running like these animal shelters, you get a vibe off of people. You know when someone's not going to do well for well, right. animals. So you obviously give out, like you emanate like a really good vibe. So that's, Well, she that's sees me all the time, A, because I go on these 5K walks that eventually work her way past her house. Uh, and and uh, I'm there every day. I never miss. And I work from home. So they, they were like, you know, that's perfect. So, oh. so yeah, they, they, they could tell. They, they knew. Um, it's, it's a good thing. Anyway, um, in terms of, uh, nature's light, let's get back to the album for a second. Cause, uh, you know, Carol will be disappointed if we talk about animals and not the album. Uh, is this something that you hopefully will bring out on tour or do you look at the whole COVID situation and say, okay, you know what, this one, we'll just put it out and we'll get to touring next year or and make another album in between what do you sort of see in terms of the future for this is it drops you know stop drop and roll or let's go let's get on the road let's make sure covid's over and let's let's try to get this up and have a show around it yeah i mean i i think for everyone safety is is a number one um you know Richie was saying, he's like, he said he wanted to take a break, but he didn't want to take a break for this long. I mean, this is a long time to wait to get back on stage. And we did a couple of those streaming shows. So um, yeah. the first one, and, and, you know, I'm not very good with tech, technical stuff. So, um, but when, when I, I clocked onto it, um, we did it on Facebook and we got a few million people actually tuned in and they were so excited just because at that point, you know, the COVID thing hit in March and I think we did it in May. Um, and then we did another one like soon after that uh, for a, um, a news station that, that was interested in having us do it through their platform. So it was, but people were just so happy to tune in. It was just him and I, it wasn't like the whole band. It was just acoustic stuff. It was literally in our home. So That's you all kind you of, need. You feel like you're hanging out on our couch and, you know, I'm, I'm reading like little teletext. People are typing things in and I'm trying to like read what they're saying and taking, you know, the requests that way and talk to people one-on-one. -on -one. But, um, and that was great for that time, but there's, you know, the, the energy, like that live energy of being on stage, nothing beats that. Nothing beats that. So I would love, I mean, I think both of us would love at this point to 
we had we actually had um, a, a really good sized US tour that was planned and obviously everything had to stop everything was was pulled off we even had nature's light slated to be released last year but everything kind of was put on hold because you know there was nobody printing physical copies the, the promotions like no, nobody knew what was going on everything kind of just ground to a halt so um we're just happy at this point to get it out so people have some new music they're able to see some new videos they're able to you know have something new that they can listen to um of course we're dying to get back on the road but i feel like now we're slotted in behind everybody else who stopped from going on the road too so trying to find any availabilities in halls that everybody's trying to flood in on in the market everything's so tricky so we're, you know it it is rough. And you're right. Uh, a lot of bands held off on putting out albums and people went, well, you should have put it out. Everybody was home to pay attention. But for those that wanted to make vinyl and CDs, there's like, right. But none of the stores that print aren't. <laughs> so we're kind of stuck. But and now you're in this this glut where everybody's out and it's just like, ah, OK. Yeah, you're feeling like you can breathe again a little bit now that you know you're able to get physical product in your hand and you know the vinyl you can get in your hand and it's like oh great at least I can touch these things again and you know you don't have to just stream things so uh, yeah a lot of stuff was uh, even like the promotions like being able to talk to you I have nobody who was able to you know put this stuff together everything just stopped I know. So, it, was, it, it was terrible now I'm on the uh, free Zoom here so the it's going to shut down on us in a couple of minutes but I do want to get a couple more questions in. Um, we, we've talked about the, the, the sort of cinematic kind of view when you hear this music. Is, is doing soundtracks of any interest? Uh, have you done soundtracks or do you do you want to write specifically for a soundtrack? Do, do movie studios write you and say, man, this would be perfect? You know, they don't. Um, as a matter of fact, we had one of our songs placed in a movie, Jim Carrey's movie, Yes Man, mm -hmm. which was interesting to have. Uh, they chose Old Mill Inn, which was great. Um, every once in a while, we'll stumble across that somebody's used our songs in something. Mm -hmm. But I think that's more of a, um, a publishing thing. And so we just started with a new publisher. I think we're with Warner Warner now as a publisher. So hopefully they'll be able to uh, to get our stuff in some of it. Because there's so many, so many movies, so much television that's, I mean, there's so much that could use this music. Yes. Um, um, yeah. I'm and, and, and I could even see you create something very specific and, you know, they come to you and say, all right, uh, Richie and Candace, we need you to create some music for this project. And I, I think obviously you have the, the ability to do it. And I think it would be great to have like a, a soundtrack albums just anyway. Uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm with you. Totally. <laughs> and uh, the last thing I'll ask you here is, um, I was speaking to Ronnie Atkins before of Pretty Maids. He's done some stuff with uh, Tobias and Avantasia. You've done stuff with uh, Tobias and Avantasia. How was that experience for you? Because I saw it in Montreal a couple of years ago, uh -huh. and I really didn't know what to expect uh, in terms of performance. I, I knew with the albums, of course, and it was just phenomenal. It was fantastic. I mean, that, it was just fun. Uh, how was it for you as a performer, though? I'll tell you what, I didn't know what to expect when I heard mm -hmm. from, from Toby, from Tobias, um, he wrote to the management and asked um, if, if I would be willing to, mm -hmm. you know, apply my voice to, to Moonglow, wound up being the title track of the album, which was a huge surprise and an am amazing honor that he saved that for me and had that in mind. Um, and then I filmed the video. We He did his parts, I think, in Serbia, like oh, somewhere overseas. And then I did my parts here everything was kind of fl flown in together. So it was seamless. Um, he is just the nicest guy. As a matter of fact, the last concert that I went to before this whole pandemic hit was going to see Je Jeff Tate. 
And yes. I, right, his voice is always stellar, like always. You know, he, he never fluctuates. Jeff, Jeff Tate's a rock god. I mean, oh my god, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I, I tell Very. you, I look. I lived on mind crime for a good year at one point. Like that's yeah. all I would listen to. And um, so even like having my name paired with any project that he does was uh, again, just amazing for me. So, uh, but I was able to hang out with him backstage and we were talking about Tobias because Jeff does not only does he do, do the music but he also does the tours with him too. Right. And he was just saying, even the tours, it's just like a big family. It's just so much fun. I haven't done the touring because I'm always like, you know, stuck doing other stuff. Uh, but You, you got to do the touring. It's, it's First of all, it's great because you come on for three songs and you get the rest of the night off, <laughs> <laughs> which, which is terrific. But it's just such a production and the fans love it. And especially in Montreal, you know, we don't see Eric Martin come up here that often. We don't see Jeff come up here that often. We don't see uh, Ronnie Atkins of Pretty Mates ever. Right. And it's it's just it's just cool to see these different people that just don't get here get yeah. here. And I have friends who actually flew to Canada just to see wow. the Aphasia um, program. They were just like they, they loved it. They've been following them everywhere, and they took off and went to Canada to watch the shows that were going on there. So, yeah, yeah it's it's a it's a movement. It's a big thing, and I I was just so proud to be part of that. It was amazing, and the song is is fantastic. The whole album's fantastic. Well, yeah, the, everything Tobias touches is great, and, and it just it's a good vibe, and and I, you know I can't say enough. Uh, and then the last thing I'll say is uh, you've had two solo albums. Yep. Any plans on number three? Make, you know, as we say in French, jamais deux sans trois, never, never two without three. I love how that sounds. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll say it again. Jamais deux sans trois. That's the expression. Never two without three. Um, you know, I've got five songs already recorded for the next one. So I'm saying that's a definite resolute. Yes, we are. I am working on my third one to come. Um, actually, I've got the, uh, we, we're back with our original record label who put out Shadow of the Moon back in 1997. They're doing a phenomenal job. And one of the things they wanted to work on was having me put out another solo album. So I'm definitely perfect. That in the works, we're, we're almost halfway through the recording process. On See, it, so. and you can steal the French expression as the album title, Jamais Deux Sans Trois, Never Two Without Three. Perfect. Definitely work on my pronunciation on that one. <laughs> Sure. You can be my tutor. Uh, I'll be your tutor on that one. I'll, I'll teach you how to do that. Uh, Nature's Light, folks, is uh, out on March uh, 12th, which is uh, this Friday. And uh, as we say in Montreal, uh, merci beaucoup. An absolute pleasure. I could go on forever. Zoom won't let me, but I um, could go on forever. Um, merci bien. We'll do it again. We'll do it again another time. Absolutely. I'll, I'll do these all, all summer long. Uh, just let me know. But uh, all right. cheers. Merci. Lots of love to you and your dogs and your wife. Oh, yes, I guess we should. Should we get the dog in on it real quick? Oh, you, I'm always up for getting the dog. Hold dogs on, in. hold on. Come here, Max. This poor puppy is like, I just want to sleep. There you go. I know he's like, you're using me as a prop. He's just so darn cute, though. Cool. That I can feel that he's super duper soft. Like, I can feel it from here. He, oh. he is. And we let him look like a Wookiee in the winter because it's cold. He, he's oh. he's gonna get his april shave down um very shortly but he's uh, he's got that big do the lion pardon. cut on him just like the big the big head like a lion cut like the big head yeah. like, and the poof on the tail well you know in in january it was like minus 17 celsius so i i can't i can't have him shaved down no definitely not no, and no, he no. you know we don't put the booties or the coat on him it's 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 real simple he he can handle 20 minutes and then he hops in my jacket <laughs> and uh yeah so i so so we leave him but uh coming in april will be the uh, the shave down he'll look more like a 
a dog dog in, in you know less a less star wars wookie but uh, anyway I, there you go i love it i love it <laughs> uh, absolutely well, merci bien have a good night bonsoir, bonsoir. <laughs>